Hello and welcome to the EBRD Star Venture podcast. Today we have with us one of our best mentors from the Star Venture mentorship program, Pete Morse. Pete, thanks so much for being here today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and uh, your background? Yes, absolutely. Um, my background, I've, I've worked for just over 22 years now at the intersection between science, business and funding. And it's a strange old world. It's the difficult part of sort of bringing something that's very new and genuinely new to the market, getting it over the valley of death and into commercial reality. And that's where I've chosen to start um, or focus the activities of my company, which I founded in September 2020. And the reason for doing so is because my passion is to create more impact in the world from science and technology. So not just you know, create scientific publications that sit on the shelves and create dust. I think technology has the, you know, the potential answers to many of the, the world's problems. And I, I, my passion is seeing it applied so that it helps people. It can you know, help people reduce poverty or increase their uh, wellness. Um, it can solve many problems in the world up to and including climate change. But only if you get it from the idea into commercial reality and that is the difficult part and that's where i've chosen to work rightly wrong fantastic so pete in your your years of experience you have also decided to be a startup mentor what has led you to the decision of being becoming a mentor to startups or to other businesses for that matter mm. I think it's, what you're doing at Star Ventures is, is playing a really important role. There's not a lot of support out there for founders in this, you know, this odd sector, in this kind of in-between you know, the, the research and development and the, the commercial world. And so founders often find themselves going it alone and, and basically learning lessons the hard way through their appro typical approaches to investors and to approach the market so any support that sort of coordinates some bit of guidance and mentorship for these founders to help guide them on the right path is absolutely brilliant so for me the, the chance of getting involved in the star ventures program was to to mentor and provide some help to you know some of these interesting startups that come from um you know the the regions in which you you operate and Pete, can you share uh, a success story that you've had within the program? Yeah, sure can. Yeah, I worked with them. Um, my last engagement actually was with a Tunisian company uh, working in the wellness sector. And they were struggling to get engagement from the market in their new offering, but also to attract the attention of investors. So I worked with them through the Star Ventures program to mentor them in a new approach to engaging investors and engaging the market that I've developed. And I call it Driven. And I worked with the founding team over a number of months to help them implement this Driven approach. And that resulted in them um, getting a contract with a major um, telecoms operator, I think that's the right word, uh, which gave them immediate access to a market of about 2 million potential customers and also got them accepted into the corporate accelerator program that that company ran. So positioning themselves much, um, much better for future investment as well. So 
hopefully ticks two boxes for them. That's absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for your contribution to the Solvent program. And um, with that said, I would also like to ask, so when mentoring these startups, what do you expect from the startups in return when you, let's say, mm. you provide them with some feedback? How do you expect them to like, come back to you with some more questions or help? Yeah. I think, you know, when I was when I was looking at the question, you know, what I what I expect from, from founders, I think because this process is all delivered remotely and we're obviously all incredibly busy people, then a uh, number one um, requirement is is this is for good communication. So we're all busy and things come up, things happen, and we have to change meetings at the last minute. It's absolutely fine. It's part of you know post twenty twenty um, life these days. But if you can just communicate that um, and not rely just on, for example, email, which myself I'm I'm not very good at, at monitoring my emails, but people who work with me know that they can get hold of me at any time through WhatsApp. So just a simple text message to rearrange keeps that kind of working relationship going. Because there's nothing worse than sitting around on on Zoom when you've you're expecting to see your client and uh, and they've they've had to, had to be called away and haven't let you know. In terms of sort of feedback on the process, I think for me, because I'm working with founders in a new way, I would just encourage them to trust the process because it is a new way of working. Sometimes it can feel uncomfortable and unfamiliar, but that's okay because that's where you know real growth happens outside of your comfort zone. So just trust in, in the process and put your hands in, in and accept the guidance from the mentor. The mentor, if they're doing their job well, will not be telling you how to do it. We'll be encouraging you to work out the best way forward for yourself. They're, they're there to facilitate a better decision-making process for you, not just sell them a solution of what you think is best for them. Yeah, and what is a challenge that you've seen recurring in startups and how can they overcome this? Yeah, so this is actually um, something that I get asked a lot and I've done a couple of other podcasts on these topics. There's actually kind of three fundamental mistakes that I've seen because when I started my company in 2020, I've spent the last two years out there talking with, with researchers, talking with universities, talking with founders, talking with early stage investors and find out what's going wrong. Why do nine out of 10 early stage uh, startups end in failure? Excuse me. Um, the, the biggest one, I think, and the one that can make the most impact straight away is the ability to master the skill that investors say is the most important skill that founders should learn if they want to get their interest and, and attention. And that's the ability to tell a compelling story around their, their startup and themselves. What I see too many times are stories from founders which are you know, short um, advertisements of the chronological history of their company, you know, where they started, how they got the research off the ground, how they got the funding, how the technology works, um, how different and novel it is. And these are none of the things that the market or investors particularly are interested about. What they want to hear from you is, why do you have the passion, the 
personal passion to solve whichever problem in the world your startup, your offer helps address, why are you the person that's committed to seeing this through? Because it will be a difficult journey. So talking about the, the size of the problem in the, in, in the markets that you're, I'll do that again. So talking more about the size of the problem in the market that your company addresses, not what solution you have and how your technology works. Because an investor or a customer just doesn't need to know that. So the ability to tell that, that story that resonates and creates a, an emotional response in whichever audience you're targeting, be it investors or be it customers, that's the thing that will, will make them take action and help you, you know, achieve your goals. So that ability to develop that story, practice it and practice it. So you've got like the best elevator pitch you can possibly have, clear, concise, understandable by anyone with no technical background, and all about you know, the, the size of the problem in the market your uh, company addresses. That's the number one sort of advice I would give to any founder that, that, I, that cares to listen to me. Amazing. And um, that brings me to my next question. That, uh, what is the two key lessons that you have learned throughout your career? Ooh. <laughs> Purple, like it. The two key lessons. I would say for one of them, that's applicable to, to technology startups, is don't forget that, that at the early stages of your business, your startup is as much about you as it is about what you're offering. So don't be afraid of, of telling your personal story, why you, you're motivated to launch this company. It's not all about a technical or a financial solution. Often what will engage you with investors, engage you with customers, is being able to relate to them on, and having that passion for what you do come through. And I think I've learned to embrace that with my own uh, organization. I am very before it brings me on to my second point, which is to, to celebrate your, your differences. You know, there are things that make every person unique. And rather than sort of hide them to fit in with what everybody else does, embrace your, your quirkiness, your originality. So for myself, I've, I've come to, to understand that one of the reasons why I work in the way that I work with founders very short, sharp, impactful interventions, working at pace, is actually related to uh, my diagnosis in 2020 as having adult ADHD. So this, so, it, so it, again, the company I've created is a kind of mirror of who I am. And that will attract the people who want to work with me and get who I am and get how I work and like that, rather than trying to be some sort of vanilla version of myself that appeals to everybody because that's never gonna happen. But I'm quite happy you know, to stand uh, alone and be different and to come up with these new ways of working for founders because that's who I am. I like to think differently and I like to help people. They're kind of my two core traits. Um, I've actually got a third, if you're interested, Michelle, you can filter out which one you include. I'm absolutely interested, <laughs> tell us more. The third one is 
something that's still still a struggle. I haven't mastered it. And it's the ability to get out of your own way. I underestimated how difficult the journey would be in starting my own company back in 2020 and how much my, my brain, my mind, my previous ways of working actually inhibit my chances of success. So recognizing that you know, what may be stopping you progressing is ultimately a fear and might be due to a pattern you've learned to protect yourself and, and to avoid change in difficult and risky situations. If you're gonna be a founder, if you're gonna be a pioneer, and you're going to launch something new to the market, you're going to have to embrace the fact that you are doing things differently. And that will create, uh, I didn't, I underestimated how much discomfort that would actually create in me. So the roller coaster of emotions for the startup journey is something I definitely underestimated. And it's, it takes systems, for me, it takes systems and processes done on a daily level to maintain that positive mindset looking forward taking calculated risks on the basis that if I make, if I do something and I make a mistake, it doesn't work out, then that tells me a lot of information about what, how I can learn from it and what I should do in the future. So either it will be a success and you'll win or you'll learn something from it. And I think embracing that kind of risk-taking culture has been quite freeing for me, really. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, we're coming now to our three super fast questions. So what? The oh. <laughs> okay. We're gonna ask you three super fast questions, and you're gonna answer in either a word or a sentence. Are you ready? I am. All right. Who is your role model? I have many. One of them is uh, Alanis Morissette. Okay. I, I don't know why, if I need to explain that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a tricky one. <laughs> For a quick answer, one of my role models is definitely um, Alanis Morissette as a kind of a, you know, an inspirational female leader. Okay. Uh, second question. If there was a book that you could make mandatory for every single entrepreneur to read, what would it be? I would say the easiest one to do is the mom test. So I can't remember the author, but it basically teaches you a way. It's called how to tell what customers think when everybody is lying to you. Oh. So it's about, it's about how to ask the right questions when you're talking with customers and you're understanding what their, the, you know, the, the value and the, trying to get a validation of your, your concept. Oh, that's sure. great. So the last one, if you could put a piece of advice on a billboard for all startups to see, what would that be? Stop the spraying and praying. 
this is a term I use to describe the way many founders end up trying to raise funds, raise investment. They create a pitch deck, they create a business plan, they send it out to all the investors they can find on the internet, and they sit back and wait for the phone calls to roll in. And it just doesn't work. In fact, the research I've done over the past two years says it's a one in 6,000 chance that you'll get funding by doing that approach. So stop the spraying and praying. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and with that said, thank you, Pete, so much for being here today, for the very insightful and inspirational talk and for your continued support. Um, I'm very happy to. I um, I thought you were going to ask me about um, the craziest story I had. You're welcome to share. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm I, 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 I'm, I'm like a performing seal. You know, you give me a topic that I know about, you give me an audience, and I'm off. You know, I can talk for that. <laughs> All right. So what, bonus topic, craziest story. Yeah. I think the craziest story is actually uh, my own personal story. And it was, I think, yesterday when I was telling it to somebody I met at a, at a networking event. I, and then I realized how much impact it actually has on people. So, as I said, I've got a background of working in this sector for 22 years. My last role was working as a commercial director for a spin-out consulting and training organization that came out from the University of Oxford. And I was traveling the globe. I think I went to Kuwait six times in 2019, helping run technology accelerators and help governments around the world improve and, and develop the knowledge economy. And that was all going well until the 3rd of January 2020, when I was out for a nice um, New Year's bike ride, fitness bike ride. And halfway through a you know, 25 mile loop I've done a hundred times, um, I was knocked off the back of my bike by a Mercedes driver at 50 miles an hour. But obviously I'm still here to tell the tale. Um, I left a nice big dent on the side of, my, on the side of his car with my head. So I have my cycle helmet to thank that I'm still actually able here to talk to you today. Oh, wow. And the second miracle is that even though I broke my, um, crushed my vertebrae, um, pelvis, ribs, knee, shoulder, and my head, all of it healed in that year with um, physiotherapy, a lot of work and patience, but no surgery. So the end of the story is, and I'm now obviously the timing of that, you know, two months before the COVID pandemic hit the UK was obviously terrible, but I'm now nice. in a better physical, I'm better, better sort of, I'm stronger physically, mentally, and nearly getting there financially um, <laughs> as, a, as, as a result of deciding to go out on my own and fulfill and follow my passion. And looking back, it was probably the thing that I needed to, to push me and do this because I've never looked back. So the classic thing that's amazing what doesn't break you makes you stronger yeah it's it's it sort of kick-started a lot of sort of learning about myself and a sort of self-improvement journey that i call um the development of pete 3.0 <laughs> that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's my craziest story um thanks for sharing definitely a crazy story <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't Thank think you so I, much, I, Pete. That's right. It was fun.